this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen, everybody, cause I'm back again. Don't take no mess out the Rose Garden. Pazers, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can strap it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How did Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I'm Sean Hyken. As always, you can go to rosegardenreport.com to subscribe to the newsletter. Free and paid subscriptions available. The podcast you can get on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else that you get podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review, do all of that. I'm back. It's been a little bit since the last podcast that I did, which Eric and I recorded about 10 days ago, you know, in the beginning of this road of the road trip i think they had just lost to milwaukee when we recorded last so a lot of stuff has happened since then i apologize for you know I, you, you guys know i don't like to go that long between episodes of the podcast but you know between it being the holiday weekend and me you know covering the pk tournament for the associated press which i mentioned on the last episode that i was doing and just some other stuff going on that i just wasn't able to find time to record the last week or so so just you know, I hope, you know, every, everybody, you know, this time of year with the holiday weekend or you're with, with just the holidays coming up in general, I think a lot of people kind of get a lot busier. You guys know I don't like to, I guess, slack off on the podcast, but it just, it happened this last week. So I'm back now and I've actually, over the next couple of weeks, I've got a couple of guests already kind of locked in. So hopefully we're going to get back to doing this kind of on a more consistent basis. I've also, Hopefully got some other things cooking, big things with the podcast, so stay tuned for a lot of that to be, you know, more information maybe towards the end of the year or the beginning of next year whenever a lot of stuff gets figured out. I've got some big stuff coming up on the newsletter also on the website, which I would again encourage everybody, if you're not a paid subscriber, if you sign up for a free subscription, that's great, and I appreciate all of my subscribers, but I'm going to have, for the paid subscribers, a lot of stuff coming up. I'll get into more details maybe later on once I kind of lock in what I'm going to do and who I'm going to talk to and all this other kind of stuff, but in a couple of weeks, during the second half of the Blazers' six-game road trip that starts on the 14th, I'm going to be going down to Las Vegas for the G League Showcase, which is an, an event that I've covered before and is a great opportunity to, you know, talk to different league personnel and scouts and whoever else. And, you know, Joe Cronin has already, I, I, I've gotten the impression that he and his whole staff or most of his staff are going to be down there. So I'm hopeful it's going to be an opportunity for me to get some face time with those folks, which will hopefully lead to some stuff. And the other thing about it is, Greg Brown III, who just came back from an assignment with the Ontario Clippers, I would imagine 
is probably going to get sent back to the G League to be able to play in the showcase, as well as their two two-way guys, uh, John Butler Jr. and Ibu Baji, who have really barely, if at all, gotten on the floor in garbage time for the Blazers. I don't think Ibu Baji has played at all. I know John Butler has gotten in in a little bit of garbage time, but I would guess that those guys are going to be getting some reps in the G League during that week in the showcase, and I'm going to be down there covering it, and I'm imagining, just based on you know the last time I went down there, there wasn't really a whole lot of media there, so I'm expecting to be able to talk to those guys and maybe give you some actual updates on those guys and their progress and their development, which there hasn't really been a lot of coverage of. So I've got that coming up, and then I'm also going to swing over and cover the game in Denver on the last uh day of the road trip right before Christmas because I will have been coming straight from Vegas and it's just down there so I figured I'd pop over so I would encourage those of you who are just free subscribers or aren't subscribers at all who are on the fence to consider springing for a paid subscription I think I'm coming up I'm going to be giving you a lot of stuff that's I I think going to be worth the while and worth the subscription so I've got a lot of big stuff coming up both on the website and the newsletter and on the podcast, so just stay tuned for all that. Anyway, getting to actual basketball stuff, we're at about the quarter season mark, a little over the quarter season mark because there's 82 games in a season. The Blazers have played 22, so we're a little bit past the quarter mark by a game or two, but we're 22 games in. The Blazers are at exactly 500, 11-11. Hit a little bit of a rough skid lately. They have lost seven of their last eight, including a back-to-back against the Clippers and the Lakers most recently. And things are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. I still, and I've said this consistently, I look at where they are right now, and I'm not that worried. And obviously, like I, this is what what's going on in the last two weeks is not ideal. It's not what you want and it's certainly a letdown for fans after what happened the first two weeks of the season where they were the hottest team in the league and they were like the surprise story except for maybe the jazz and you know that everybody was talking about like oh is the are the blazers for real i said this before the season started i wasn't coming out of the preseason when they looked terrible thinking that the season was doomed i said after they started 10 and 4 that I didn't think that that hot start made them title contenders and now they've kind of gone back the other direction they've lost most of their recent games I still think they're in an okay spot for 22 games into the season they're at 500 with the schedule that they've had with the injuries that they've had we'll get to that in a second there's definitely some concerning stuff going on here their defense which was top 10 the first couple weeks of the season. It's now slipped all the way down to 23rd in the league on NBA.com. They are allowing 113.6 points per 100 possessions, which is tied with Sacramento for the 22nd best defense in the league. So they've slipped there. Uh, Their net rating, which is points scored versus points allowed per 100 possessions, is now negative. It's minus 1.7. A little bit of positive, uh, I guess, development there. Turnover rate is still not good. They're because you know the issue that they've had for a lot of the season, which I've written about many times, which you know we've talked about on here many times, was the turnover issue. The last several games, really going back to the two games in New York versus the Knicks and Nets, they've done a much better job taking care of the ball. 
And their turnovers have gone from literally the worst in the league. They are now tied with Utah for 23rd in turnover rates, where they're uh, giving up a turnover you know, on their, their turnover rate is 15.6, which means that out of 100 possessions, they're giving up a turnover 15, roughly 15% of the time, which is still not good. But it's not the worst in the league anymore. And one way that, and, you know, uh, Danny Morang, friend of the program, actually asked Chauncey about this before their last home game. And he said something to the effect of one thing that they're starting to do is take the ball, you know, with Damian Lillard out there, taking the ball out of Anthony Simons' hands as the initiator a lot and having him run off ball more and having Justice Winslow initiate or having other guys initiate and running a lot more post stuff and just kind of trying to simplify stuff just to take care of the ball and take fewer risks, which in the short term to cut down on turnovers, I think is smart. So that's where kind of a lot of that is right now. As far as the injury stuff, we kind of have the idea that Damian Lillard is going to be back on Sunday. Chris Haynes reported it on Thursday, or not Thursday, Tuesday in the TNT broadcast, and obviously Chris Haynes, you know, has co- has covered Dame for a long time. He's you know was on the Blazers beat his rookie year. He definitely, you know, I would I would venture to say he got that from a good source. Which that at least that's the game that Dame is targeting. Obviously, it's the medical staff's decision ultimately. But all signs are kind of indicating that the game on Sunday against the Pacers is going to be the game where Dame makes his return, which obviously will be huge. And as I've said on here before, and as I've written, the Blazers medical staff has been incredibly conservative and incredibly risk averse when it comes to this stuff. And they've erred on the side of holding guys out longer than they need to be held out in order to make sure that there's not really a risk of re-injury. Damian Lillard could have played probably at the beginning of that six-game road trip in Phoenix, and he didn't because they just decided, you know, we we don't need to risk it. We can hold him out a couple of extra days if we really have to. So if they're going to clear him for the indie game, which we'll know exactly on the day whether that's going to happen, but it sure is looking like that's going to be the case, then I would think that that means that they feel good enough about where his calf is at that they're okay with throwing him back out there. So... That's obviously a situation to monitor. Uh, Gary Payton II, I keep hearing, we're, we're coming right up against the two weeks since they last said he was going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So I would guess that we'll get an update on him soon. And I would think that if he isn't playing in the next week or two, then there might actually be cause for concern. But I would guess that sometime in the next couple of weeks maybe before this six game road trip that they go out on later in the month we will see him make his season debut which will help the defense certainly and with how many other injuries they have like some of the roster crunch stuff that people had been talking about and worrying about might not really come into play I think both for Dame and for Gary Payton the indie game on Sunday would actually make a lot of sense because it's the start of a four-game homestand, and it's also kind of a weird time in the schedule because they've had a lot of back-to-back so far and a lot of a game every other day. They play the Pacers on Sunday, and then they have three days off before their next game, which is also at home against Denver. And then they have another day off, and then they play the Timberwolves twice with a day off in between. So you're talking about four games in nine days, but... Three of those ga- th- those games are after a three-day break. So 
that would be a good time for you know Dame to come back into it, and then if he has an issue, he's got three days left, you know, three days off before their next game in order to you know recover and do whatever he needs to do with treatment and all that kind of stuff. And the same thing with Gary Payton, where from from my understanding, he hasn't had any setbacks in his rehab. It's just a matter of managing you know once he does get ramped back up and get back to you know doing a full strength workout or, or whatever the case may be that then he kind of has lingering uncomfortable you know feelings or soreness or whatever it is after that so having that little three-day break after the indie game built in might be a good time to run those guys out there and see how it looks and then see how they respond afterwards and you don't have a game to play like the next day or the day after i i would guess that's probably where that stands now as far as their next game against the jazz tomorrow in utah there's a couple of other injuries that are still kind of undetermined one of them is nasir little who had a hip injury during the clippers game on tuesday and from what i understand and by the time you're listening to this they might have had the mri already but they called it a right hip strain and it looked bad in real time, I was there, and then I, you know, I saw replays. It looked like it was really bad in real time. We talked to him in the locker room after the game. He didn't seem too worried. He didn't seem to think it was anything serious. He missed the game against the Lakers on Wednesday. He had an MRI, I think, yesterday. As far as as we're recording this, recording this on a Friday afternoon, they have not released the results of the MRI yet. I think that's going to come soon. I think that's going to come like within the next couple of hours. Maybe it'll even come live while I'm recording. And if that happens, we will address it. But I would guess that he probably misses at minimum, even if it's not a serious injury, if it's not a uh, you know season-ending thing or a several months thing. I would guess just 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 a guess for something like that. The, especially given just the approach that the Blazers' medical staff has taken this year with being cautious and being conservative with this kind of stuff that they would probably hold him out at least a week. I would guess he misses at a minimum the Utah game tomorrow and the Indy game on Sunday. And then after that, they've got three games off, three days off before their next game and a few more home games. So maybe if it's really not that serious, he comes back for that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a couple of weeks. But the indication that I got on Tuesday night after the game is that, he, is that it, was, it looked worse than it was and he doesn't think it's really serious, but we won't really know for sure until we get the MRI results back. And then the other injury, I guess, to address is the Josh Hart ankle injury, which I'll tell you this, he twisted his ankle in the Clipper game. He played through it and played the rest of the game because that's just kind of who Josh Hart is. He's a guy that's going to try to fight through anything. And to that point, he was the only one of the Blazers, I guess, regular rotation players, if you will, that hadn't missed a game. And then he missed his first game. I, I, I'll say this first. After the game, after the Clipper game, in the locker room, he was icing that ankle in, in a tub of ice for about 20 minutes. And then when he got up to walk back to the shower, he was walking really, really slowly and looking like he wasn't really putting a lot of weight on the ankle. So it's just a sprain, but it looked pretty bad. And it, you know, if you know Josh Hart, if you know, you know kind of how he's wired, if he's not able to go, if he's not able to fight through something then you know it's probably not in great shape because that's a guy who's always going to try to err on the side of like playing through stuff because he just wants to go and he's a competitor. I don't know his status yet for the Utah game or the Indy game. 
I would bet that he wants to go and that he's going to try to give it a go. And if they think that he's not going to make the injury worse, they might let him go. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they tell him to give it a couple of days, especially with it, you know with a back-to-back coming up and then a three days off after that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses one or, or both of the upcoming two games of the, the Indy-Utah back-to-back. So that's kind of where I see the Josh Hart thing right now. We should get more actual news about this today or tomorrow. So that's kind of where a lot of the injury stuff and the health stuff stands right now. Their schedule coming up is interesting because, you know, as I mentioned, they've they've got this four-game homestand where they got three games, three days off between the first game and the second game. And the opponents are kind of, you know, it's it's a mixed bag. A lot of good teams, but also a lot of games you would think that they would be able to get. They've got Utah tomorrow who, you know, the Jazz have come back down to earth a little bit and Mike Conley who had a knee injury actually in the game in Portland a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's it's kind of showing how valuable he was to that team because they've kind of crashed all the way back down to earth since then. But they're still not an easy out. They That's going to be a tough game for the Blazers. I think talent-wise they should be able to beat the Jazz, and they almost did the other night, even though they didn't look very good for most of that game. But that's not going to be an easy one. The next day against Indy, the Pacers have been playing really, really well lately, and they are a team that, you know, kind of like the Jazz going into the year. Everybody kind of thought they were going to tank, and they've started off the year a lot better than that. They've had some nice wins. Benedict Matherin, the, the number six pick, the guy who's drafted directly ahead of Shaden Sharp, just won Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month a couple of days ago, and he has looked really good so far, and Miles Turner is playing really well, and Tyrese Halliburton, it looks like, is kind of their future franchise player. Like, that, that's going to be a tough out. Then three days off, and then they've got Denver, who I know they blew Denver out at the beginning of the season, but since then, Denver has really gotten its act together, and outside of Phoenix, I think they've looked like the best team in the West so far, so that's not going to be an easy one. And then they've got two games in a row against the Timberwolves, who just lost Carl Anthony Towns for several weeks with a calf strain, and... You would think, you know, they've been up and down. They're a team that a lot of people were excited about in the offseason because of the Rudy Gobert trade. The Towns-Gobert thing hasn't really worked out so far, but now Towns is out of the picture for a while with this injury. So I, I, I wouldn't call either of those easy wins. You would hope that at least, you know, they'd get a split on that one, one and one. But I wouldn't pencil either of those in as just, oh, they need to sweep the Timberwolves. It would be great for them if they did, but... You know, those aren't, it's not like you're playing like a Charlotte or a Houston is is kind of what I'm saying. These are at least opponents that are going to put up a fight every night and that you can't just count on as easy wins. Then they go on a six-game road trip, which unlike the last six-game road trip, a lot of the opponents that they're going to be facing are not teams that you expect to, you know, be playoff teams. They've got San Antonio Dallas, Houston, two games against Oklahoma City and Denver. And then obviously Denver and Dallas are the two on that uh, trip where, you know, those are the good teams that they're playing, quote unquote. Again, with a six game road trip, you want a three and three split. And so I would think with that schedule and those opponents, that would be doable. But that's kind of where they are before Christmas. They still have kind of a tough schedule coming up. I always said, I've said, I've said the whole time, if they're at 500 on Christmas, they're in good shape. And with the schedule coming up, 
I don't know how much higher they're going to be than that, but I think 500 at Christmas is totally doable. Uh, one more note before I go is that just from a more so from a business standpoint for the team, and this is obviously something that's out of their control, but it's just kind of an unfortunate thing for people who don't have cable and have been relying on some of these other methods of watching Blazer games on Root Sports when they're not on YouTube TV and they're not on Hulu and they're not on a lot of these usual streaming platforms. But there's this platform called Avaca TV that the team recently partnered with that is kind of a regional streaming thing that comes with its own equipment that you have to rent. And I've heard good things about it from people who have used it as far as like the user experience and all of that. But they announced a couple of days ago that on the first of the year, they're just going to be discontinued because they ran out of money and they're just not going to be able to stay in business as a company. So for those of you who were watching the Blazers on Avaca TV, you're now not going to be able to do so. You're going to have to either get cable or you're going to have to get DirecTV Stream or Fubo TV or there's not that many other platforms that Root Sports is available on. And again, I said this over the summer when we were talking about all the broadcast stuff, but Root Sports not being available on YouTube TV and Hulu is not something the Blazers have any control over. That's something that you know, uh, Root Sports is owned mostly majority ownership of of that uh, station is with the Mariners. And so it's up to the owners of the channel to negotiate with YouTube TV and with Hulu and with whatever other streaming platform you want to name about getting the channel on there. And really all the Blazers could do is say, hey, you know, we'd like it for you to get on these other channels, but it's up to the higher ups of the channel to do that. So what your options were already kind of limited and now your options are going to be even more limited with the, I guess, discontinuation of Avaca TV that was just announced a couple of days ago but I just I just thought I'd mention that because you know I do from time to time cover that type of stuff that team business stuff and uh that that was just that was a bit of news that came out the other day so I just thought I'd give that a mention that's about all I've got for you right now but uh I just I just kind of wanted to check in and do a quarter season podcast just Give everybody kind of an update on where things are both with the team and from my end like i said i've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up over the next month if you're a subscriber you've got a lot of good stuff to look forward to if you're not a subscriber i would encourage you to become one again rosegardenreport.com free and paid subscriptions available i would encourage you to go get a paid subscription because i'm i think i'm going to be giving people their money's worth i think i've done that so far i think i'm going to continue to do that with some of the stuff that I have coming up. So I would encourage you to get on board if you're not. And I'll be back with you next week. We've got a couple of guests, new guests, not not repeat guests, new guests lined up for the next week. So I will be back with you guys then. Thanks for listening.